I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who were sadly runners up in the 2018 Joel Otto Chili Cookoff. That was classic guy runs into guy and hurts himself. You don't think that was any? Right. I think he raised his elbow, but oh, she definitely like ran into him. Okay. Okay. Like, I don't, I, Malkin was headed straight, but he definitely like raised his elbow as oh, she headed into him. All right. Noted Malkin defender, Steve, and uh, <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> This is the episode where we just fight for two hours. <laughs> it's about time. He, uh, I don't know, man. It looks like he's already passed Oshie, and then he lifts up his elbow. I'm watching it again. I mean, he's not really like... Here's the problem. His head never turns. Yeah, but this is that's Malk. This is always Malk. He leans into him a little bit, but I'm saying like it's not the most blatantly dirty hit I've ever seen. That, but that's what Malk Malkin is the most. Well, he's got style. Then he's the most stealthy, dirty player in the league. He gets away with. It. He does that shit all the time. I gotta give him credit then because that's style. <laughs> he's doing it the right way. Tom Wilson's making that shit blatantly oh, well, getting twenty game suspensions. Yeah, Tom Wilson is pretty much just Facebook living every hit. You guys see this? And then it just goes out. <laughs> Drop kick somebody on the ice. Nah, Listen, I don't know why I got Gino might be ugly, but he knows how to pretty up his hits. Yeah, well. Yeah, he's... Yeah. I, I got nothing for that. <laughs> I, we, we can all agree if Genny Malkin is top five ugliest men in the league. But the guy knows how to pretty up a hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you're, you know, you're right. I can't argue that. You're right. Does it with style. Style, Grace. Evgeny Malkin. Huge honking nose. Is is that a cologne commercial? <laughs> style, Grace. Hits by Evgeny Malkin. <laughs> 71. Essential, wish you forget. <laughs> Se- 71 stings. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, not sorry. Let's get this out of the way early. Let's get this out of the way early because one of the highlights of my week had to be the Cowboys losing on Monday Night Football and our favorite Dallas Cowboy, Cole Beasley, the Cole Beasley, the Bees man, as we know him around these parts, (laughs) the Bees man and the Dallas Cowboys decided, hey, you know what? We can do Philly special too. We can do it. And they just spectacularly failed. Turns out they cannot. <laughs> they chose poorly. I only, the only thing I saw of that game, 
because it was on during the Flyers Coyotes game was uh, Amari Cooper catching a touchdown, and then pretty much just Jason Witten just humping somebody in the booth. Just being, oh my god, Amari Cooper edition, best thing to happen to the Cowboys since they brought in Emmitt Smith and Troy Aikman. Oh, uh, this team started. He just like went off and. And did he use Don, all the wrong metaphors in the process? Yes, oh my god, what was the one? I tweeted out, pulled a rabbit out of his head. I think he said that like <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, buddy. Yeah, he's uh, he he's pretty painful in the booth. I'm not gonna it's, lie. It's pretty bad when people are basically demanding John Gruden back. <laughs> oh my god! I, at this point, John Gruden should just go back. Because the Raiders, uh, they're, they're a pretty big mess, too. This guy, John Gruden, is a terrible coach, making poor decisions, doesn't know what he's doing out there, and this guy, Jason Witten, doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. Or, as he might say, a hole in the ground from his ass. <laughs> so just switch the spots, right? Put Jason Witten to coach and John Gruden back in the booth. I'm just trying to picture every like dumb Jason Wynn thing he could say. Uh, you know what they say? It's half a dozen or 20 of the other. Okay, Jason. Well, and I love that they've just, in every way, kind of just really fumbled Monday Night Football this year because they've had Booger McFarlane going around yeah, the entire stadium in like a big old, like, I don't know, like the Booger Mobile. Yeah. And for a while, it was actually obscuring uh, the view for fans who paid a ton of money to sit up in the like first row yeah. and you got Booger McFarlane and a big old TV sitting here going, Hey, you know what? I was watching the game here and this thing happened. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like Jason Wynn just says like every cliche old saying wrong and brings nothing to the table. And then Booger McFarlane's just like flying through the air in his Booger mobile and then just and screaming the whole time. Yeah. just screaming. <laughs> Yeah, that's why they pay those linemen the block. I'll tell you that. And then they're like, that's all he says. Like, ESPN had to change it from a big TV on the back to plexiglass. Yeah. So that people could see through it. <laughs> maybe, maybe just put him in the booth or have him walk around like a normal person. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Uh, I mean, well, when you got Booger McFarlane, you got to utilize him, you know? When you, you gotta... get a Booger McFarlane, this guy, Booger McFarlane. John Gruden, everybody tonight. <laughs> it's time for Hockey Gruden to come back. This guy, Dave Hackstall, he goes on the West Coast trip and saves his oh, job. baby, let's talk about it. I'm this pumped. guy, Dave Hackstall, that is a coach right there. Everybody in Philadelphia loves him, respects him. They know he knows how to develop young talent. They know he knows strategy. Dave Hackstall has rallied the troops and is here to be the hockey coach of the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. Look, he goes out on the West Coast, job on the line. He looks every one of his players in the face and he says, you're going to get your shit together and we're going to destroy these West Coast teams. Anaheim Ducks, 2007 Stanley Cup champs, almost that caliber this year, done. LA Kings, two cups since 2012, done. Lose to the Sharks and then you dominate the Coyotes. That's how you do it. You take the Sharks to overtime. The Sharks, the the Stanley Cup favorite due to Eric Carlson this year. You know, that is an impressive road trip right there. Yeah. At least on on paper. On paper, it's pretty strong on paper. On paper, they look like they're back. 
So what happened in real life, Craig? <laughs> On real life, they did not beat a starting goalie, and they got outplayed by the Coyotes. So there you go. <laughs> Gave up a game-time goal to the Ducks in the final two minutes and five seconds? 2.15? On the penalty kill. On the penalty kill, classic. Eight Which straight has been games. doing great. It's been doing great. I will say, they had one really good penalty kill during the road trip. They had to kill off a two-man advantage for 116, 126. Uh, oh, no, it was against the Kings. That's right. Who are known for their offensive prowess. Yeah, big power play over there in L.A. Killed off a two-man advantage for 136, and then they ended up getting the lead, went on to win the game. And then the Kings said, wow, you just lost to the Flyers, John Stevens. You're fired. And that's how that went. Take your cake ingredients and go home. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's they went, they got seven out of eight points. Limblom and Connecticut look great. Travis Sandheim still looks good. Uh, but still, they played three out of the four games against backups. They lost to the one game. They play, actually played a starter. The one good team they played, they got dominated all game. Still had a lead in the third, blew it lost 13 seconds in the overtime. And then the Coyotes, who are a better team than they usually are this year, at least in terms of possession, I think they're all right record-wise now, uh, and are pretty stingy defensively. Need a bounce on a Shane Gossesburg goal and Cal Pickett to come up with some big saves, and then they went 5-2. I don't know. It, I I think the biggest positives on the road trip were Oscar Lindblom and Patrick. And, they look great. They look amazing. And also, it, it does look like the slop of the first uh, 11 games of the season is kind of out of the way. All the really, really terrible starts, the transitional chances, the hemorrhaging goals against. It looks like those games are out of the way, which is important, which is good. Which is very good. I just... I. I th- I kind of feel like this whole entire road trip was just kind of false hope. Mirage. Yeah, it's all just it, it. It's good for the confidence, I guess, and hopefully the bad play doesn't return uh, tomorrow night against the Coyotes or on Saturday against the Blackhawks. But uh, as yeah. soon as they walk back in the Wells Fargo Center and they hear a guy up in the back row yell, "Shoot!" It's all going out the window. It's all they're all listening again. It's just damn home right. fans. I'm out here directly throwing the home crowd under the bus. Come at me. That's why they're losing. I mean, they're losing because it. of you, the fans. Yeah. Yeah. I it mean, has nothing to do with strategy. It has nothing <laughs> to do with their penalty kill. Which, Craig, do you know what their penalty kill percentage is at? Now? I I put this down, and I want to say. If they are able to maintain this percentage all year, it's I gonna will be, be happy. A, it's gonna be a nice year. What is it? Sixty-nine point one. Sixty-nine point one. Oh, so they have to eight eight games with the power play goal against. By the way, the last time they did not allow a power play goal against was that beautiful game at Columbus. When sixty-nine percent is absolutely. Horrific. Oh, it's terrible. I can't believe they're not dead last. I don't they're know. Only, they're only the, the only reason they're not dead last is because the Panthers also suck at defense. Oh yeah, Panthers, that's right. But it's close. It, it yeah, it's 
the Panthers are at 68.4. And the Hurricanes are slightly above the Flyers at 69.8. So also doing very nicely down in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and the I, I just like to the point it's gotten out with the penalty kill. Because even last game, Jim Jackson, who I love, but is has got to be up there as one of the biggest homers across the league in terms of broadcasters. Even Jim Jackson two-handed dunked all of me on the Flyers penalty kill and talk about how they're too passive and nobody actually goes out and is aggressive on, on the penalty kill in the D zone. And he said that, and then Alex Galchenyuk scored like 14 seconds into the first power play they got on the night. Well, that's just called timing. Yeah. And then well, the second the second time they got a power play, Jim Jackson went back to Fisherman at the penalty kill. Which, I mean, good. It's kind of funny that it's gotten to that point where even the guys that are paid to kind of spin every uh, possible thing about the team into a good, uh, good way seem to be kind of kind of uh, like faltering on the penalty kill point too where they're just like yeah they're they're doing stuff wrong i don't know what to say (laughs) so it's come to this yeah they're just like yeah it's not looking pretty so um i mean the power the power play too uh still doesn't look great they did have some power play goals on the trip though but overall on the i mean their, their power play should be much higher yeah yeah, it really should be. They're uh, only and, ranked 24th in the NHL right now. Yeah, and that's that's the thing we, we've talked about. You know, everybody wants to uh, throw Haxton to the ocean and wants, uh, you know, a fair air fire. But the, now Black hasn't exactly been blowing the doors off either with the power play. Kind of been stagnant. And they, they did switch it up recently. They put the new power play units together. Kind of gave up on it in the Ducks game, but then kind of went back to it. Uh, for the the last couple of games of the road trip, uh, how do you? But how do you feel after these these four games, Stephen? The road trip. Do how do you feel about the team? I think I've stated. I, I mean, I feel slightly better, even if it is a mirage, just because wins are nice, wins are fun. <laughs> but yeah, I know it's a mirage, and I know this is. I mean, look at the standings. There's a 500 team. There's a mediocre team, yeah. and I'm excited to get JVR back presumably soon and that'll help. But at the same time, you know, we we've ranted about this before we've ranted about the system issues, the, the stagnation with what the strategy that's being employed. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't I be? I mean, I'm just trying not to repeat myself. You know, okay. I, gotcha. I, 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 I was listening. I was like, all right. All well, right. I don't know what else to say is the thing. Yeah. It's... I feel like we've beaten this horse to death and then we've processed it through a meat grinder, eaten the meat, processed it again through our human bodies, gone to the dirt, had it recycled into the cows or I guess horses, whatever. Rinse, repeat. We've beaten it to death. Let's be honest here. There's not too much difference between horses and cows, right? I mean, well, four legs. I eat, so I I eat a lot. combined in one burger, so yeah, not much difference. Like, well, you are it. <laughs> you listen. Leave my horse cow burgers out of this, all right? It's the nutrition my body needs to keep going. Horse cow burger, by the way, sounds like a pretty good band name. <laughs> it's up there with mouse rat. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was actually just gonna say I think Baby in a Stray Jacket is my favorite uh band name option that came out of uh, Parks and Rec. Scarecrow Boat's pretty good too though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rat Mouse. Rat Mouse, yeah, the Annie Dwyerless Matt Rouse or uh Mouse Rat. <laughs> Matt Rouse. And, and let's of course, you know, I would be remiss if I did not note our sponsor this week, and it is Horse Cow Burger. Oh nice. Now, they may have paid me significantly for that plug but it's a fine product and i give it my full endorsement <laughs> i almost made it through i almost made it through i think okay so i think you're right though that we i don't know it seems like the same old stuff we've talked about i just i can't remember the last time a homestand or road trip felt this this dominant without being dominant. Yeah, like did not feel as fulfilling as three out of four wins, seven out of points should feel like. Like that's that's a killer road trip. That's exactly what you want to see yeah. the team do. And everybody's just like, oh, okay. And I think it's unfair. I not. I don't want to say. No, it is kind of unfair. You can too. say unfair. I mean, it, it, the players are they're putting it out there. Yeah, they're trying hard. You can't Some help guys are killing play. it. Like they just happen to play. Claude had a couple nice games. Uh, you mentioned Patrick and Lindblom. Uh, Picard, Pickard had a great game against I the Coyotes, think... and I did not anticipate that. I thought he was going to shit the bed, and it would be Same. five two Coyotes. And I think last night here in the Pickard, so. I, yeah, I, I just, I, I think so. The the lack, there was some kind of rumblings that if the West coast trip had not gone well Hackstall may have possibly been on the hot seat and because of the success of this road trip which again does not feel like it's gained any kind of traction besides the fact that the possible absolute shit starts have gotten out of the way and the overall shitty play has gotten out of the way not dominant not dominating a 505 not cleaning up the special teams just middle of the road just not openly giving other teams and then rush chances seems to be out of the way i think it's just more of a a car crash instead of a fiery car crash right i think we should talk about and we won't stay on it too long because i already wrote an article about it and i know how you feel jill quinville was fired by the blackhawks on tuesday and he is now available. And his firing now means that Dave Haxall, using another one of Steve's favorite stats, uh, Dave Haxall is now the fourth longest tenure coach in the league. There's a bunch of guys who have been there four years. I'll yeah. hang up and listen. Anyway. Uh, Which is Okay, fair. so Quenville fired. Yeah. Immediately, a lot of people's ears perk up. Guy's been very successful. Killed it in Chicago, frankly. Last couple of years, not so good, but you could really argue that that's the fault of the GM. Yeah, uh, I think it's 100% on Stan Bowman. I mean, because the last couple of years, traded Saf for Panarin, which at the time, at the time, I thought was going to be kind of more evenly, uh, like even return than what it's turned out to be. I, I, I kind of question what Panarin was away from Kane, and turns out he is still a superstar. It turns out and, quite good. Yeah, it turns out pretty good at hockey. And I thought Saad would be a lot better than he has been. And Panarin, I, it's not because I doubt of Panarin. It's just he came into the league and played two years with Patrick Kane, and that kind of feels like it could potentially be misleading. 
Like at the same time, if Armin Nizamov had played his entire career with Patrick Kane, he would look pretty good as well. But he didn't. But he did not. He had to go to Columbus too. <laughs> uh, so Jeremy Colleton, Colleton. I'm not sure how to say it. Who cares? Let's go with Colleton. Is currently the head coach of the Blackhawks. Kevin Deneen and Ulf Samuelson, two former Flyers, also let go as well. I'm wondering. Okay, so let's get this out of the way first because we've both been dreaming here. What are the chances Quenville ends up here? Uh, slim to none. I'm going with a hard zero. I don't think there's a chance yeah. in hell. I don't think there's a chance. I don't want to get my hopes up for it, frankly. I and- don't want to get my hopes up either. That's why another reason why I'm not really going to. That one piece I had today is probably going to be the last thing on Quinville, unless they actually do do the thing. Uh, objectively. And- objectively speaking. Let's say we do live in the fantasy world where the Flyers are in the running to fire hack hire Quenville. What would be, based on what you know about Joel Quenville, the benefits to bringing on Quenville as opposed to hack? And I'm not saying this as an outright joke. I know a lot of people are having belly laughs hearing such a (laughs) statement, but I want to like, I actually want to seriously analyze this because I'm very interested in the benefits of coaching one coach versus another coach, because I, I think lineup change wise, you're going to see a lot of the same stuff across the league, but I, I am very interested to see what the benefits and disadvantages between coaches are. Okay. So I think the biggest thing with Quinville, the biggest knock on him, I, I think he was criticized for not using the young defenseman enough, which, mm. yeah, again, however, uh, he seems to make everything else work. So I'll put up with that if it means the team doesn't come out and look like they're sleepwalking or they're actually allowed to kind of utilize creativity with a new system. Yeah. Or from, from the they quotes, actually show the games. Like there's, there from are, the quotes I read on Quenville today, it yeah. seems like there's a lot of guys who would throw themselves through a brick wall for this guy. So, and that's the main thing for me is I don't think you get that with Hackstall, which, and again, this is a very, I'll hang up and listen, take, but it, it seems, I think that's pretty important, especially when you, especially when you're four seasons in with a coach and it seems they, the first handful games of the season in a season where you should have kind of hope and a little more fire. You're finally able, you should be a team that's pushing towards winning a playoff round or two. They come out flat and just don't show up. I, I think Quinville would be a guy that kind of doesn't let that happen and kind of pushes his team. And he seems, with Chicago, he always seemingly pushed the right buttons, which is another big knock on on Haxel. He, he seemed to know when to put the right guys out there. They always seem to kind of click the right moment. Those in-game adjustments. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I just looking at Quinville's track record, uh, again, the Blackhawks, and I, I don't want this to get lost in a shovel, the, the Blackhawks of the early 2010s were are leaves and bound better than what the Flyers are now. There's no mistake about that. Especially that 2010 team was very deep. Uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, when they were good, were some of the best high-end talent you get on a team. That being said, Mike Johnston also had some high-end talent on the Penguins and looked like absolute shit. And I know it's kind of ridiculous compared to the two, but just because your team has a lot of high-end talent doesn't mean they're necessarily going to succeed. Right, but Quinville took that team to three titles, another two appearances in the Western Conference Final, 
and made the playoffs all but one of the seasons he was there. And when you look back further than that, those Blues teams he was with and the Avs teams he was with, I think he missed the playoffs uh, one full season for either of those teams. And six out of those, uh, I think, uh, 11 seasons he spent between those two organizations, they lost to the eventual cup winner six times. So it wasn't like he got knocked out by a team that then proceeded to lose in the next round. He lost to the best team in the league that season. I just think he has more of a track record, and it is a retread. But if well, he's definitely got more of a track record. Yeah, but like if it, you're it's going, a successful retread. Right. Yeah. If you're going to go with a retread, this is the guy you go with, and I, I think, I mean, if they were to do a change, this would be the one I think I'll be most considering. Also, I mean, Sheldon Keefe is another one too, but I don't know how much. Toronto's want to kind of want to keep their eye on it. I think another interesting aspect to the whole Quinville thing that's going to make it a little more frustrating is the go-to place that everybody thinks he's going to end up at is the Blues. Yep. Uh, the thing is, though, he's still on contract with the Blackhawks through next season, I believe. So if, and I think the Blackhawks had the right that if they don't want Quinville to talk to the the, the Blues, I think he they can shut that down. Is that right? I that think so. Doesn't I seem right. Thought I saw that somewhere. That's nuts. That's bonkers. I, you fire a guy, you shouldn't be able to have any say in where the hell he goes. I I know. I, I have to look that up. I thought I saw somebody say that on Twitter. Which again, if you see it on Twitter, it's got to be true. You, you know, it's got to be right. Yeah. It's got to be a. It's got to be right. It's got to be a measured, smart take. <laughs> yeah, there's no all of those things. There's no hot takes on Twitter. So if you None. go on Twitter and you look up Dave Haxtell, it's remember the most every... reasonable place on earth. <laughs> it, Disney's like, yeah, yeah. It, Twitter's like the Disney of takes, pretty much. It's the most wonderful place on earth. It just, I'm gonna look this up real quick. Um, actually, I don't even know if I'm ever gonna find this. Don't so worry about it. We're Don't just worry gonna assume, about it. I, I, we're just going to assume that doesn't I'm right. sound right to me, but let's assume you're right. And I think that's nuts. That's bonkers. Yeah. Well, I think it's the thing. Well, is the uh, I only thought it might be legitimate because of the. I mean, I think they put an end to this, too, but the, the giving up picks when you sign a coach, you sign through a contract. Uh, I heard that was done for. Right. But they still did it at one time. So that's the only reason why I think there would be some legitimacy to that option. I, I would guess that either way, I don't think the black Hawks can really kind of shut that down either. I've seen a lot of speculation that yeah. the blues are the team, uh, mostly because their coaching situation is a hot mess. Also hot mess as well. Yeah. They struggled out of the gate. Team should have been a lot better this year. Cause they made a lot of good off season moves, had the talent to make the playoffs last year and didn't. And uh, don't look too great at the moment, but I, I still think, the Blues can turn it around. I mean, they won last night, even though they got kind of dominated by the Hurricanes. But that still seems to be the Hurricanes thing. Even when they lose, they still dominate puck possession and then find a way to lose. Uh, <laughs> but I so would if when Quinville goes somewhere else, is that going to do anything for you? Are you going to be upset at all? Oh, I have completely. I I did not even give myself a slither a sliver of hope for this not one not even a centimeter of it 
I think I'm not. That's how I keep myself measured, Craig. (laughs) I don't give myself any hope. I expect the worst. And I'm very happy if the opposite happens. Yeah, I. I'm with you. I I don't really. I'm not. I hold absolutely no hope that this that we live in this timeline. It's not going to happen. I. I think I'm still going to be upset because we're going to. I mean, it's going to come out whether or not they even looked into it. I don't think they're going to look into it at all. And I think from my perspective, it's just the idea that. I like that for you. It's all about did they look into it? It's like you come home to your your unemployed significantly other and like, did you even look for a job today? <laughs> and then yeah, just playing Xbox. Yeah, I look for a job. <laughs> did you look for a job when you're out buying hot fries? <laughs> hot fries, Jesus. <laughs> That's a good. I, that was my buddy's go to snack in college was hot fries. I there, I went on a Cheetos uh, flaming hot kick for a while, and then I you got flaming hot poops. I was gonna say my stomach was like, "Weird, this is not a thing you should keep doing." And I was like, "I understand, Mister Forsyth, your um, your poops should not be uh, this orange." <laughs> uh, Mister Forsyth, the lining in your stomach, half of it's gone. What's the deal there? Uh, you ever have flaming hot stock? Of course, we all have. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's what happened. No, it I, appears it appears your diet of flaming hot Cheetos and Mountain Mountain Dew Code Red is not working out too well. I say, I'm about to slam home this Mountain Dew Code Red, so let me focus here and get some of this. Uh, but I was going to say, so if he if Hacksaw is apparently going to be on the hot seat for this road trip, it, to me it's kind of insane that a win over the Ducks, a win over Kings. And then Cal Pickard making some big saves against the Coyotes is the thing that makes you go, you know what? We don't need a new coach. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that kind of feels, it's definitely, you're not looking too far into the future. I guess is my kind of, my kind of take there. Where was it reported that he was on the hot seat though? I thought I saw something about card cheating wrote about, or mentioned that there were rumblings that he could have been on the hot seat at the West Coast trip didn't go that well. See that that tells me though that the hot seat is a, a lukewarm seat. Yeah. If anything, no. Like, exactly. That if anything doesn't tell me so much that he essentially they were never. I don't know. It, it really says that he wasn't on such a hot seat in the first place. Yeah, which I I still think. I mean, I know we disagree. Well, I don't know if we disagree. I think you're just tired of hearing everybody bitch and moan about it 24-7, which is fine. I think you got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, it's I, the same stuff every day. I, I'm so I'm, tired of it. Yeah. I agree with everybody that one Hextall is on, but some people are, yeah, obviously over the top where it's just I like. I'm gone too is the thing. It's like, like a tweet every just, three minutes. <laughs> I, I'm not like, this isn't the end all be all to my Flyers fandom. Like it is for some people. Like for me, it's just an annoying uh, it's an annoying coach that happens to be there right now. I'm glad they gave him a fair shot, but yeah, it's uh, it's too long, frankly. Yeah. But I'm glad they actually gave a coach a fair shot because for a while the Flyers were like, two years, you're done, get out." Yeah, yeah, and I, I just wonder how long he's actually going to be there. I, I just I don't see any. I, I don't know. I have no idea. The contract right now. Yeah, so I mean, you're still thinking through next year. Yeah, I mean, so the thing about Quenville, 
and I really don't want to give myself even a sliver of hope for this, is if nobody signs him immediately and the Flyers do go on a, a bad streak, especially after JVR comes back, then I think there's a chance of it. But I really think the Blues are going to swoop in on that first. Even the Kings might, because the Kings parted with Stevens. I know they're, they're st- they have Willie Desjardins as the interim yeah. And uh, yeah, but there isn't there a guy that they're trying to kind of like set up for the role next year that I was reading. Oh, God, I don't know. I haven't read into the King situation that much, honestly. I I, I was I actually read into it and I had a name and I forgot the name. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of who it could be right now, but I'm not. I forget who was out there. Uh, No, there's a guy that they they had in like kind of waiting in the wings that that was the plan for next year. Uh, I think it was Marco Sturm, but Oh, that might, yeah, that could be it. Yeah. That, I think it was Marco Sturm. Uh, but I, that's Quenville's one guy. I could see them just kind of saying, no, nah, that plans off. Let's that's stupid. Let's just do yeah. this. There, I mean, there are a bunch of teams outside of the Kings and blues that could, that should really consider Quenville right now. I mean, the ducks are another one. Randy Carlisle. They love Randy. They love Randy out there. Uh, and I think I I haven't I saw Greg Wachinski, my favorite, uh, mentioned this devils. as a place, not the Devils. <laughs> Actually, I'm surprised. Five landing spots for Joel Quinville. Devils assistant on the penalty kill. Devils assistant on the power play. <laughs> but he said he said the Edmonton Oilers, which I agree with, and I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it because Tom McClellan has been with the Oilers for a while. And again, not really his fault because of the roster, but hasn't really done much with McDavid. And I feel like if you got Quinville McDavid, it would take a lot. It would take a lot for sure, really, to fuck it up. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not doubting his capabilities. The man can screw up a lot. Oh, he can screw up a hell yeah, of a he lot. Yeah, he could mess up a one-ticket raffle. But I think if you give him... <laughs> If it, even if that was a situation, if they got Quinville somehow, and then you gave him one or two seasons with Quinville and nothing was happening, you'd have to be like, all right, well, it's got to be the GM at this point. But it's the Oilers; they're insane. We know this. Uh, I, I, I just know they're insane as uh, as they are stupid. Yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, they're really just dumb when you look at it. But I, I think. I don't think there's any way Quinville gets to the summer unless it's a, a his decision type thing. But I think they're just, I mean, the Red Wings are another spot where he could go. True. Panthers. Bob Bugner hasn't been there for long, but they're a fair amount of talent on that Panthers team and they should not be. They were supposed to be a playoff contender this yep. year. Yeah. And I, I, I see a move like that would kind of upset me too if he went to the Panthers because Bob Bugner's been there for I think this is his second season, and the Panthers in downtown would be like, "Now we're bringing in Quinville." I mean, there's also a history there too because the talent. Well, and uh, Stevens was in his second season with the Kings, right? I believe so. But also, yeah. I I could have told you that was coming. Yeah, I mean, he's not a rookie. <laughs> Good old Stevens has had a shot before. And he's kind of a, you, you know what you're getting. Not that the Kings had a good roster for him no. to work with, but you know what you're getting with John Stevens. Yeah. Uh, the Kings, I don't, 
It sounds like the Kings might be dead set on Desjardins, too, which is kind of surprising because he didn't look too good in Vancouver. I don't know what the Kings are doing. but I don't think they know either. Yeah. Yeah, Drew Doughty's just looking around like, (laughs) so I I signed for how long? I hope they they enjoy those two cups because it might be a minute before they... uh, they they enjoy another one or even come close to competing for another one. Been aware. Been aware. But speaking of the Kings, and we mentioned the Ducks, let's just go through the, the road trip real quick. So the uh the Ducks win again, gave it the power play goal late. They did dominate most of that game, but I think that was more because of the Ducks. The Flyers didn't look flawless, it's just the Ducks. Love they to give stepped up. it up a little bit in that game. I'll give the Flyers a little credit. They they stepped it up a little bit in that game. Right. They should have won by more. Yeah, okay, you can give them credit. Uh, the the Ducks. I love... give them a little. <laughs> it's just a little credit. I'm giving. They won a game. I'll give them some they, credit. The Ducks love to let other teams work into the home plate area and take big shots, and that's what the Flyers did. And they didn't hey, exactly. You love... know what? <laughs> you know what? For the Flyers to do what they needed to do, sometimes you gotta celebrate that. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, give the power play goal late. Shouldn't have been a tie game. And then, uh, luckily, uh, Nolan Patrick, uh, the Swedish tank sets up Nolan Patrick for the game winning goal. And Which, is that go, your preferred Oscar Limbaum nickname? I think it is. Well, we can go through a couple of those right now. We have, uh, the Swedish tank, the atomic Blom, which again, may not work now because he likes to be called in bloom, but no, I, I, I like, I like the atomic Blom a lot. And which listener suggested that one? What atomic bomb? Yeah. Oh no, these were all mine. I they, I came up with. I'm uh, pretty sure a listener <laughs> tweeted at us about atomic bomb. Uh, yeah, and because I tweeted it out a year ago, I came up with five Oscar Limbaugh names back in July of 2017. Okay. And Oscar the Grouch. How uh, am I supposed to remember this shit? Because you're my friend, Steve. That's why. I don't remember God. what I had for breakfast. I'm you old. Been, but you remember me? We're best friends. We've been best friends. For 30 years now, and you just you ignore everything I say. Where am I? <laughs> Whose pants uh, are these? Oscar, Oscar the Grouch. Tin Man 552 had, had uh, asked if we can start calling Oscar the Atomic Blom from now on. I don't know if he, he was asking based on your suggestion. I wasn't aware you had come up with that. I'm old. I know you're old, and we're going to work through it together. But Atomic Blom was one. Where's Eric Lindros? Oscar the Grouch. Uh, the Swedish Tank. <laughs> uh, the Big O. And uh, Bartulis were the five yeah. nicknames I came up with in that tweet. I like the Big O. Oscar Robertson, shout out. Yeah, I, I think I go Atomic Blum, Swedish Tank. <laughs> I can't say it with a straight face. I just can't. <laughs> That's the big problem with the Swedish Tank is it's not really a... It's <laughs> a Swedish Tank. It also just... It, it sounds like it implies something really dirty, but it just doesn't. It, it really does. <laughs> it just means nothing. Uh, and then also, we we haven't utilized uh, Air Jordan yet because Jordan Wheel hasn't done anything notable. Had a very good goal against the Sharks, but hasn't done much else. So we haven't been able to utilize that nickname for my brother. But my brother has also suggested uh, Oski Boy for Oscar Limbaugh in reference no. to Oscar no. the Dog from uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, okay. Uh, pretty. pretty <laughs> now, granted, I believe, good. as you pointed out, that dog was racist. and we. Well, I'm not sure if that was the racist dog or if I'm being racist I against think... dogs because it was another shepherd. I'm not sure. 
but it, it might have been Oscar. I think the I think Oscar the dog was the one that uh, was obsessed with uh, somebody called Larry at a party, like getting his crotch licked by the dog. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was Oscar the dog, I believe. <laughs> So, yes. you having fun with maybe the dog? not maybe <laughs> not the best association for Limblong here. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But I like Oski Boy, so that's why I brought it up. Oscar anyway, Boy, okay. But Oscar Limbaugh and Nolan Patrick pretty much took over the uh, the road trip. They had that yeah that game winning goal against the the Ducks, and then against the Kings. Flyers had that big penalty kill in the, the first period. Dale Weiss had the most Dale Weiss assist I think he'll ever the have. The Dutch Gretzky in his life. That assist, that assist sums up everything I feel about Dale Weiss. Just the accidental shot that he falls ass backwards into a perfect pass to Ivan Provorov in the slot. Ivan Provorov's second straight game with the goal that night, by the way. Is Dale Weiss doing what we need him to do right now? Well, I mean... Is Dale Weiss earning his $2 million? (laughs) Hey, when uh, everybody else on the team is downplaying their their capabilities except for uh Lindblom and patrick now you know guys like weiss and Lotaire are going to stand out the entire team doesn't play up to their standards i like that you're just saying like you're grouping I, them all in they're all shitty except all for these two guys the players on the team every single one of them. just Did you have a multi-point game on that trip yeah three points against the coyotes that's neither here nor there but uh the rest Screw of the team you. team Drew rules. Screw you. I, <laughs> Drew rules. I drill. I do want to say the, the Kings game, too. Sanaheim and Gudis, uh, Hacksaw had that quote about another thing with Hacksaw, the, the rules and the limited ice time for Sanaheim and Gudis, who on nights deserved to be getting either the most amount of ice time or the second second pairing minutes because of how well they played. And I think the Kings was a good example of that. They had the least amount of minutes. I think they ended up with the least amount of minutes at 5-5 five five for the whole game. But throughout that game, I think through the first two periods, they didn't allow a single shot attempt. Uh, Gudis had a great three-line pass to Voracek that he wasn't able to corral in. I, I just... Maybe he's just not a 3-6 Mafia fan. Maybe. Uh, maybe he just forgets to pop his collar. That's what it comes down to. Maybe he doesn't want to stay fly. I wish I knew a third 3-6 Mafia song. <laughs> I think they're still pumping out tunes, by the way, in the year 2018. They had two big hits back in like 2005, and they were like, we'll get there again a decade and a half later. It's commitment. Uh, and also, I wanted to point out, because we brought this up a couple episodes, uh, and I think you forgot about it. Jacob. Well, you know, I keep on sipping on some syrup, and I, <laughs> I, I literally just looked up their, their Spotify page. <laughs> Jake Vorchek attempted the gentleman's backhander on that horrendous breakaway attempt he had. And uh, I know Jonathan Taves also attempted the gentleman's backhander in the game against the Blues this week. So it's uh the last time you attempted a gentleman's backhander, you had to report to SB Nation HR for a <laughs> seminar. Yeah, it was a it was a Tuesday morning. I like forget in the cheerleaders parking lot. So I'll leave that <laughs> no, you knew we we. I'm going to make gentleman's backhander thing that is not sexual, obviously. Well, very casual. Too bad because it's already on Urban Dictionary. It's very casual backhand attempt that lets the goaltender know. <laughs> oh, it's that casual, is it? He's got to let the goaltender know he's got to beat him, but he's not going to get too flashy with it. He's just going to casually 
Never mind. This is getting worse and worse each time I describe the goal. But well, uh, you know, when you say casual that much, it sounds like Jake. And <laughs> guess what? I've been blocked on Twitter four times just for saying that. Well, I think everybody's blocked on Twitter by Jake at this point. They have. If you're not a, if you're a true Flyers fan, you've been blocked by Jake on Twitter. I'm gonna find out. Yeah, we have to find somebody who isn't at us if you haven't been blocked by Jake Voracek yet. Because I'm, I'm actually interested now. I'm pretty sure I got blocked by him three years ago, and I, it was because I was on a tweet thread that mentioned him. And it oh, not... baby, guess who's not blocked? Wow, are you kidding? The Fly Purbly account. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Just the official <laughs> account of our podcast isn't oh, okay. by not one of the deal. Flyers' top point getters. No, 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 I'm impressed, yeah. We haven't tweeted. Just tweet out his name once. <laughs> tweet out Voracek right now and see if he blocks it. I'm not. No. I huh? wanna, I, I'm staying in that. I got to. I got to catch the occasional like weird tweet where he curses somebody out. Yeah. Which we will get to in a little bit. We're going to finish this. Both uh... accounts. Not a true Flyers fan. Two accounts. No blockage. Well, thought you liked hockey, Steve. Guess I was wrong. You know? Sorry, not sorry, buddy. (laughs) Don't. Don't just don't get me percolated on this Jake Voracek topic. (laughs) All right. Rest of the road trip real quick. (laughs) Hag had the longest empty net goal in the history of hockey, I think. I'm not doing any research, but if you're scoring from below your own goal line, I want to say it's got to be out there for the longest goal in the history of hockey. I could not believe that went in because they can't score an empty net goal from 10 feet away. Cycling in the offensive zone, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like it went in. I'm like, holy shit. Also, I can go to sleep now. So I just shut my, I shut my, uh, I was watching on my tablet, shut the tablet. I'm like, all right, let's go to sleep. He's real happy about it. I also also like how it really, he didn't take any time to line it up. He just kind of caught it, looked at the net for like a quarter of a second. Just was like, yeah, this is going in. I got this. Yeah, I got this. Don't worry about this. this. It could be an icing, but no, 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 no. I got this. Uh, Full disclosure, I did not watch the game on Saturday. Uh, by the numbers and by the highlights, do great. So uh, 43.21 course, 4 percentage, 36.86 expected goals, 4 percentage. Pickard had some goals he probably would have liked back. Uh, Pavelski was given all the time and space in the world. Uh, on uh, that I goal actually against. did not catch most of that game myself. I arrived home in time to see the game get tied up and then the Flyers lose in overtime. I spent most oh, of the so day in New York, you know, the only city where you can get pizza and bagels. Nice. Yeah. They should really start bringing pizza and bagels to Philadelphia. I've had that stance for years. And maybe uh, maybe with the new elected officials in office, maybe we can actually start getting on that. Someday. Looking at you, Congress. So fucking tired of this. I just want pizza and bagels in this city. Someday. But anyway, uh, the last game against Arizona, Calvin Pickard, uh, Calvin, Jesus Christ, Calvin Pickard, Pickard, you had it right. You had it right. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Pickard. Go, 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 go. Actually made some saves. A pair of big saves on Clayton Keller on different uh, chances from the slot. Stopped a pretty big chance from the Coyotes immediately after Sean Couturier's hilarious goal, which I think. Oh, my God. That goal, I think that might be the funniest goal we're going to see this year. It's the funniest goal we've seen in a while, honestly. Can you describe this for somebody that may not have seen it? I certainly saw it because it's so, hysterical. But. It was a 
Flyers got a rush chance, and then I want to say it was Jason Demers. I'm not sure, though. Ran into Darcy Kemper at the side of the net. Knocked him behind the cage. Everybody kind of stopped because they thought, I guess the refs were going to blow it because the goal is outside of the crease, and they thought a flyer hit him. I don't know. But just three Coyotes were standing in front of the net. Nobody actually got in front of the net because they thought Kemper was in the net. Sean Couturier catches it, just kind of lines up the shot, and then takes like the most casual slap shot I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so good. And apparently Couturier was looking to pass there and then realized, oh, the net's wide open. <laughs> Not a goalie in the net, yeah. And I forget who was in front of the – I forget who the Coyote was in front of the net. But you could tell he definitely thought Kemper was in the net because he just he just got out of the way of the shot. I want to screen the goalie here, and then he just turned around. And he was like, "Oh, there's not a goalie in there." So that's problem. Whoops. Problem there. Yeah. So yeah. was that a funnier goal than Vorobiev's first oh, goal of his career? Man, actually, they're both pretty funny. They're both pretty good. Yeah, I did forget about that one already. I want to say. Because it was a win, I'll give it to Katoria right now. That Verobia, I think Verobia won. That's a pretty memorable first goal, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's either him or Oliver Lauritsen for funniest first goal as a player, which we've gone over the uh, Oliver Lauritsen one. He might still have the the top spot on that ranking with the uh, Zidane charges throwing it in off the Tukarask in the corner. Poor Misha can't even get the funniest first <laughs> career goal. Can't even get the funniest goal of the season. <laughs> They're a rough. He's having a rough year in the NHL. Can't even stay in the NHL. Uh, Travis Anaheim, speaking of not getting enough time, didn't get any power play time in the win. Uh, and Kevin Connaughton had a pretty dangerous hit on Travis Connecting that was not called a penalty on the ice and also did not result in any kind of hearing or fine afterwards. So that's kind of interesting, but that was pretty much the highlights of that game. Also, Gudis had a shot attempt that I would have in NHL 10 where he took a ridiculous live shot from the red line. Did not. That's what he does. Yeah. That's his thing. I like it. I mean, it's, it worked once before he got, uh, I think he got Curtis McElhaney. He scored against the blue jackets. I don't think it was Bobrowski. Maybe. I think everybody scored against Curtis McElhaney at some point in their career. He had a pretty good game last night for, I forget where he is right now, but I remember watching that game. (laughs) He had a good game. Yeah, no a- idea who with, but wherever he's at, God, who is he? Who's wherever he? you are, Curtis McElhenney. <laughs> oh, he's on the Hurricanes. Oh, yeah, he didn't have a good game. Never mind, he lost last night. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> good night and good hockey. Hey, buddy, I don't know what to talk. I'm looking this up now. I'm looking. I gotta look something up. I haven't looked anything up yet. Craig's looking stuff up. <laughs> I can't make everything up. up. I already made the uh, Joel Quinville St. Louis uh, mixed coaching action. Uh, can't make this up. So. Can't make this up. Yeah, he, yeah, he had a horrendous game last night. <laughs> 16 saves on 19 shots. I was way off. <laughs> He's had a couple good games this year, though. 31 <laughs> of 32. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. His last four games, he's seen 25 shots or less in each one of them, and he's given up. Folks, Curtis McElhenney, not good. Not great. Won one of those games. The game 
stopped 19 and 23 against the Minnesota Wild, win. And then he stopped 19 and 22 against the Avs, loss. 16 and 19, loss. There was a game, Martin Brodeur, because we like to dunk on Martin Brodeur in this podcast. Robert For being Bartes. fat and sleeping with his sister-in-law. And... Hey, having too much fun at uh, family reunions. There was a game where he faced, I think, nine shots for the entirety of a game and lost. And I'm going to find that now while we're still talking. But we can let's talk, let's talk about something else while I'm doing this. Uh, I'd actually like to move in to the uh, little John I did on Twitter. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I threw out on Twitter, uh, we're recording tonight, I just wanted to let, you know, I, I just asked if you guys wanted us to discuss anything in particular besides the obvious. The obvious being Thanksgiving side rankings. That's actually not being discussed this week. That will be discussed in the episode we record the week of Thanksgiving. Thank you. Which will be on a Tuesday. Which will be on that Tuesday before. And it'll be out that Wednesday, which will be perfect because you'll probably be traveling somewhere. Somewhere yeah. you don't want to go. <laughs> yeah, so look look forward to that. Looking forward to that. But anyway, I just threw out, just seeing if you wanted to discuss anything in particular. So uh, our dear Hanks was the first one to respond and uh, said, who is your favorite couple on 90 Day Fiance? Now. What is that? Okay, so I don't know. And I decided I'm going to look it up right now and then make a decision. So was it ninety day ninety day fiance? Yeah, I, I have no idea what this is. I don't know. I don't know what it is either. Uh, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? No, I have not. It looks like there's a thank wide, you, Jay Leno. I have not. <laughs> wide array of characters on here. Uh, ninety day fiance cast. Is there anyone named Steve? There's a Stephen and Olga. Guess what? Steve and Olga are my favorite. Uh, I'm going to go off names. Ashley and Jay, Colt and Larissa, Jonathan, Fernanda, Kalani and Asuelo, Eric uh, and Lily. Those Lita. are strong names. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Ashley and Jay. because right, they you're, you're, me... you're Team Ashley and Jay. I'm Team Steve and Olga. Yeah, that's what we're going with. I mean, again, I don't know anything about these people, but Ashley and Jay made me sound the least dumbest when I looked at these six pairs. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Ashley and Jay. They're they're winners in my book. There we go, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly, you're welcome. We know you're not listening. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Leonhard uh, asked, uh, "I would like to know whether the fact that Hack has been wearing gritty socks makes him a better coach or not." Uh, I think gritty socks plus the success on the West Coast trip. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Actually, I like that Hack's been wearing gritty socks. Hopefully, this is the start of this guy loosening up a little bit. You know, yeah. I mean, honestly, if he loosened up a little bit, I think it would help. I, you know, I, I don't. I shouldn't say that because he had that "I'm a real cool guy" one-on-one video with Jim Jackson, and I kind of hate him more. So I don't know if he loosens. If he loosens up, maybe the team as a whole will loosen up, and then they'll be like, "All right, let's go score some goals now." So maybe it'll work. But I do enjoy the gritty socks. That's uh. It's a nice touch. It's a nice touch. It's a nice touch. Diamondback 42. <laughs> did you guys think the hit by R- Joseph on Russell was bad? Do you think Lucic's response was warranted? I'm sorry. I cannot see Luc- <laughs> Milan Lucic's <laughs> name without thinking of, uh, of Pierre Maguire just going, Hey, Doc, Lucic is out here. And this guy, Lucic, I've been following him 
Watsons. He was just a thought in his mother's head. This guy has been thinking about <laughs> hockey his entire life and existence on this physical plane. Anyway, uh, so I did rewatch the hit and Lucic's response before we jumped into this. And I I didn't think the hit was that horrible. And I think Lucic's response was uh, a little over the top. Yeah, I think the hit by Joseph was borderline at worst. I don't think the hit was really, really warranted a response. But then Lucic literally followed him around the ice, laid him out, and then jumped on top of him. And I feel like that's kind of a It's a little aggressive, a yeah. little bit much. A little too much. But no, it's me and Lucic. That's what you, uh, that's why you pay the big bucks. So we can do that and then get like 12 points this year. Man, that organization. That yeah, organization. That organization. Yeah, and then the Lightning smoked him anyway. <laughs> so I don't think Danny Martell's played yet, by the way. I should have kept. Great. Yeah, should have kept. My Other... very serious should have kept article. <laughs> by the way, when you were saying, I thought you were saying that's what you wanted to talk about. The, uh, the gritty proposal. The gritty proposal. <laughs> when a gritty's eyes falls off. Open it up. There's a ring inside. <laughs> Boom. Married. Dunzos. By the way, yeah, Martel has not played a game yet. Should have kept. Should have kept. I'm Mike Y wants to know, how are your fantasy football teams doing? Mikey, thank you for asking. Uh, they're doing very well right now. I be- started off on three. So Juggalo Nation started off on three. <laughs> Started storming back thanks to Kareem Hunt's usage, uh, a pickup of TJ Yeldon and Tyler Boyd. They are now six and three. They've won six of nine. So I have a very nice winning percentage on the season. Ooh. Or I've won a very nice amount of games out of the game. So you, you get the joke. 69 is a joke in there. And I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> doing, doing all right. I almost lost this week to Paul, but was able to edge one out. Thank God edge I, one out just through pure willpower. Yeah, thank God I beat Paul because I mean, I, there's not too many people I hate in Broadway <laughs> hockey, but he's definitely, you know what I mean? He's number one. He's up there. Number one with a bullet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's probably him, uh, Kelly, and then Kyle. So that's probably the big three right there. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the large Fletchers on my end. This is, uh, I, I have three teams. I have my, my Broad Street hockey team, the my, other, my other two, but the large Fletchers <laughs> are. <laughs> I'm a big dumb animal. Okay. <laughs> I do enjoy that nickname, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're four and five currently on the comeback trail at this time. Uh, I've got two other teams. One of them, Too Many Cooks, is currently in third place. And I just pulled off a big trade. And Brady dropped it, is in ninth place. And I just had a fire sale. Nice. Well, is the Brady dropped it? Is that a. Uh... Dynasty League? Or did you have a fire sale? I I just had a fire sale because my buddy at work was like, I need a tight end. And I said, I don't give a shit. You can have mine. <laughs> nice. You're one of those. Who else would people. you like? <laughs> I got a, a trade vetoed in a fantasy league once. The, I was waiting for this one to get vetoed. What was the actual trade? It was... I gave him Gronkowski and Marlon Mack. I got Ingram, Rudolph, 
and Matt Breida. Breida. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that seems pretty fair. Yeah, it's not too bad. We, we yeah, made it's a little It's not better. hilariously lopsided, so. All righty. What's uh, that's enough fantasy football talk for the that's, uh, that's all for the fantasy football corner. Uh, uh, we got a lot of questions, though, don't we? Keep, we got a decent amount. Let's keep rolling uh, through. XYZ Lovich. If Cole Beasley ran for office to become president of the United Hate of America, would he get your vote? Or would you have to tell him, sorry, not sorry? I'm saying sorry, not sorry. I can't vote Cole Beasley. I'm with you there. No, yeah. not, a, not a chance. Guy can't throw a football. How's he going to run the country? I, yeah, I mean, I I guess the idea of a rapping president would be all right, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to picture him as the rapping president, I guess. I feel like he is not cool enough to be the first rapping president in America. I, I would much prefer that I, it was a well, rapping granny from an Adam Sandler film. <laughs> check that. I don't believe either the Bushes, Barack, or Trump have rapped, correct? I mean, George W. Bush was a prolific rapper. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, him and Dick Cheney busting rhymes constantly. <laughs> the Halliburton Hammers. <laughs> <laughs> the Halliburton Hammers. All right, let's uh, veer away from this topic now. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh boy. Let's talk about uh gritty. Let's talk about anti no. Uh <laughs> I got a, a DM from Matthew. Any updates on the adventures of the rat would be appreciated. Seems to be a good luck rat given the recent somewhat improved performance of the team. Oh, all right. Well, so so Matthew would like to know if there's an update on our friend. Well, I'll have you know that I recently received a very nice email from our friend. He can type. And since the incident, he was relocated to a a very nice little neighborhood outside of Philadelphia in Bucks County. And he's got himself a temp job. Our friend's doing the up and up right now. Oh, that's good there. Cause I thought he would have been dead by now. That's no, no, he he's very much alive alive and kicking. All right. Alive and kicking. He is over in Bucks County. He's working a temp job. He's filing them papers, doing that data entry, making a hard, honest living. All you can ask out of a rat, you know, just to put on that nine to five, do his part. You know, good for him. Our friend is doing what he needs to do to contribute to society. Yeah. I wonder if he voted on Tuesday. You know, he did. Yeah. He's responsible. <laughs> Next question. (laughs) Angry Philly fan wants to know, Voracek was very critical of the Senator's Uber video. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. Which obviously means he's probably shit talked his own teammates and coaches. What's he so scared of? Jake video imminent. So let's talk. I I would like to defend the Senators here. Uh, From what I've seen from this whole fiasco. Pretty much Uber driver records a bunch of the players in the car. I think it was DeShane, Dylan DeMello, uh, Chris Tierney? Who knows? Who knows? A bunch it, of senators. It's the senators. Yeah, whatever. it's the senators. A bunch of guys dunk on their coaches and the franchise. Uber driver then turns the video over to the team, I believe. And then 
snitching. Yeah, and then a couple, I think the Ottawa Citizen, the name of whatever Ottawa newspaper got a hold of it, put out the report. And uh, pretty much everybody's made a big deal about it. And I think people want to chalk this up to the senators being the senators, but I kind of feel like it's a dumb situation. I feel like every person that has had a coach or a boss before has dunked on said coach or boss. And I feel like this guy just wanted to make a quick buck, kind of did it in a real shitty way, and uh, then was able to get a pretty big story out of it. That's my stance. As somebody who became a boss in the past year, I absolutely do not want to know what my employees are saying about me. There you go. have no desire. <laughs> I'm assuming they're shit-talking me. I don't want to know. Yeah, it's just that's... Uh... It's nature. I don't know. Uh, every every single boss you've had, you've probably dunked on them at one point in time, yeah? That's what happens. Yeah, and I feel like coach, I mean, a coach is a boss, and a coach is probably more physically demanding. At it. Like, imagine if you went to work, and they were like, all right, you got to do 50 sprints before you start working. I feel like I'd start hating that guy, too. You know, you're doing a lot of physical, physical work when you're at practice. I feel like you probably start hating the coach no matter what they do. So that's my... Even if they bake you a cake. Even if they bake you a cake. Yeah, just get John Stevens in there and I'll be fine. Get I saw John somebody Stevens suggesting... He can drive the Uber, too. I saw somebody suggesting the Flyers bring back John Stevens to help with the PK. I don't remember him being too good at... I don't remember how good the, the, the Flyers penalty kill teams... Our teams were with penalty killing when he was here. I, I mean, I think... I know they were better... But, I mean, that's a pretty safe assumption, considering what we're looking at now. You can name, if you can name any team, uh, like, segment of teams in the past, I believe their penalty killing would be better. Like, the early 2000 Atlanta Thrashers probably had a better better, better penalty kill than uh, whatever Ian LaPere has put together here. The Kings of the late 90s had better penalty killing numbers than these uh, these Flyers. Any team in history, you could say, has had better penalty killing than these Flyers, I believe you. Except for the Florida Panthers this year. Except for the Florida Panthers 15 games into the season. <laughs> L. Alder 9. Which is better, Crash Bandicoot or Super Mario Brothers? Listen, Logan, I don't want to say this is a silly question. This is kind of a silly question. It's Mario all day. I mean, I did like Crash Bandicoot. Crash was fun. Don't get me wrong. Crash was fun. But Mario's an institution. Yeah. I mean, it is, a, it is an all-time classic. So I guess it's kind of hard to choose against that. But I guess we'll, I guess we'll both go with Super Mario. If you want to go counterculture and go with Crash, be my guest. <laughs> no, I will not. Okay, good. Move. Good. Black Brain, B-R-A-N-E, wants to know best after Halloween candy deals you've ever gotten. I mean, I generally just go nuts on Reese's Pumpkins for like half price, if not less. So that, that's really the only after Halloween candy deals I take advantage of. I I don't think I've ever taken advantage of it. I usually just have a bunch of candy around Halloween and I'm just kind of candied out for a bit. Yeah, so yeah. I, we, I, we've had regular bowls of candy brought into my work, and 
now that they're gone, it's it's kind of nice getting back to just being like not in a sugar rush every <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, it's got to be nice. Nice change of pace. <laughs> New Year's Steve 195 wants to know, are sports still bad? Oh, yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Just in the United Hate of America. <laughs> so thank you for hitting on all three. Uh, I yeah, I mean, they're still uh, at least I, I don't know. The Cowboys did lose. Redskins, everybody on the Redskins died this week. Uh, Flyers did win a bunch of games. Golden Tate's an Eagle. Golden Tate's an Eagle. Very excited about that. See what that's going to be like. Uh, You know, I guess technically they're still bad. Sports are sometimes okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Do we want to include the the Timbo question about the, uh, the Malkin hit in here? I mean, we can. We can talk about it because it just happened. Well, just real quick. Uh, so, Malkin, TJ yeah. Oshi tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think that's actually what we... That might be the opening, frankly. So, I think we did address this. But, ultimately, I didn't think... I don't know. Malkin made a... Ugly ugly Malkin makes dirty hits look pretty good. So. Yeah, we'll go. I think that's a good way to summarize it. Malkin had a very suspicious hit on... Or collision with TJ Oshi tonight. And... Steve said Malkin's hands down the cleanest player I know. I wish he was a flyer. I would give up my life for him. I, I, and I then do wish he was a flyer. I, I, I did too. And then I said, uh, Malkin is the uh, the king of architecting the uh, the not dirty, dirty hits. He, he's very good. He's been doing that his entire career. He's gotten away with a lot of stupid shit. So uh, that's going to be the that's going to be one of the key tracks on his rap album, right? Is Dirty Not Dirty. <laughs> dirty Not Dirty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, uh Eamon would like to know, uh just like a Phantoms update. How are the Phantoms doing, Craig? Do you know offhand? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm doing pretty well. I had notes. Oh, I took them out. They had a pretty big you uh, comeback idiot. win against the Phantoms. On Saturday, they were down by two late in the third. The Phantoms have had a comeback win. The Devils, the the Binghamton Devils. My bad. Uh, And they scored a. They're fighting themselves out there. (laughs) Colin McDonald scored with a little over six minutes left. Phil Veroni scored with five seconds left, I believe. And then Mike Vecchione won in overtime with his third goal of the season. Look it up right now for you. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're doing. Pretty well. 14 points in 11 games right now for the Phantoms. Okay, so in the middle of the pack yeah, in not the that great. Atlantic. Uh, Carter Hart, I know, has had a, a bit of a rougher start than we would have liked, but that's why he's in the AHL, to work out those kinks. Yeah. Uh, German Rupsoff and David Kashe have held, had really strong starts to their uh, their season, which is pretty important. The germ. Because they are first seasons in the AHL. Uh, Connor Bunneman. And Carson Torinsky are kind of struggling. Torinsky is... I'm not really concerned about Torinsky, I guess. He's just... I know he had one assist in seven games when I did the uh, NHL EPs last week. And uh, I would expect, you know, he starts getting some bounces, maybe uh, starts getting more points. He had one... He had 45 goals in his last season of juniors last year, but he's not really known for being... Big time goal scorer. I just thought he'd have a better start to the AHL season because he had a he had a pretty good camp. I mean, he looked pretty good with the Flyers, and he was one of the final cuts. I just thought he'd kind of parlay that into a better start in the AHL. But it looks like 
it has not quite happened yet. And uh, that's that's all I know about the Phantoms. That's all yeah. you got. The Phantoms, yeah. Any uh, any more questions? No, that's that. But uh, thanks to everybody for submitting questions. Yeah. There were more than I expected, but that was fun. Uh, would like to do again in a few weeks. Yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, we should. Yeah, we could, we could always do a mailbag every once in a while. Maybe uh, a little bit of light on a subject to talk about. But we've come a long way from getting like one tweet. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, that it was kind of embarrassing for us to ask because it'd be one person. And Guys, I, let's do a mailbag. <laughs> one person be like, "Hi, what about this thing with the third line?" Well, <laughs> I will say we... it, it is. It's funny though because one of those people, they, they, I mean, we have a lot of listeners that have uh, stuck around. So that one person was probably like Mikey or Brian or Anna that were asking, and they're all, I believe, they're all still here listening to us every episode. Which uh, they actually quit last week after the fortieth Cole Beasley <laughs> reference. I came for hockey, and I got nothing but Cole Beasley. <laughs> That's the worst trade off. <laughs> That's the worst trade-off in the history of trades. <laughs> the Peter Shirelli trade right there. Trading hockey for Cole Beasley talk. I want to go back to... Uh, I know we touched on them earlier, and we mentioned how good they played during the road trip. I wanted to dig a little bit more into the Limblom and Patrick numbers. So they had, okay. they had uh, both players at six points on the trip. Each had two goals and four assists. Each had a pair of uh, two-point games. The line with the, those two and Voracek, uh, not the best course. They have a 43 course at four percentage, but three goals for, zero goals against. They're breaking even. I expect goals for on the season. Looked really, really good against Anaheim and L.A. Not quite as good against the the Sharks and Coyotes, but, I, I mean, the big thing that Lindblom's been doing that I've, I've bitched him out about everybody else needing to do, I guess, to kind of generate offense is the uh, behind-the-net passing, just creating plays behind the net. And I know Bill always talks about it, and I know Charlie's talked about it in the past, but it really is kind of it's kind of ridiculous how many goals come from that type of situation. And of the 16 goals on the road trip, by my count, there were five that were either a pass from behind the net or the guy who got the primary assist went behind the net, circle around and set up the play after they went behind the net. And uh, out of the 16 goals on the road trip, Five goals came from behind the net plays, and four of them were from the Nolan Patrick line. The fifth one was Simmons circle around the net and centered it to Jordan Wheel on the slot for a goal against the Sharks, which Jordan Wheel, I think that was the only big thing Air Jordan did on the uh, the trip was that goal. You're uh, sticking with that Air Jordan. I'm going to try and work it in there. <laughs> see if it – it he's not – I feel like Wheel is one of the more bland players on the team, so I feel like that nickname's not going to stick. I like Wheelman. Wheelman's good. Could just call him. Uh, what would the what's Wheelsy? I guess is the hockey nickname of Jordan Wheels. Probably. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. You can't really. Yeah, George. It's only once in a lifetime. Did you say Jorts? Jorts. Jorts oh. with a D. Well, I'm going with Jorts with a T. That's his nickname <laughs> because he's nice and bland, and dads like him. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that could work. I feel like Jordan Wheel. Assuming the dad's like Jordan <laughs> Wheel now, you 
You know, he, he, not, he plays a, a solid player. game. He's not a bad player. Yeah. Not a bad player. I like that Jordan Wheel. Hey, where are my jorts at, honey? I feel like Jordan Wheel gets a, a lot of hate. Or not a lot of hate, but some people will just always throw lump them in there with players that aren't playing that well. And I, I don't know. It's I just... him and Raffle that get that. So, like, Michael Raffle, uh, Jordan Wheel, yeah. Matt Reed, like, guys like that. There's always a few guys in that select club. Like they, it, and they'll just avoid the Weeses and Lateras, and it's like, you know, really bothers me. Jordan Wheel, <laughs> he sucks. Well, I wonder. I mean, when uh, when JVR comes back, so that Patrick line, I don't think it's going to be broken up for a while. Top line's been no. doing pretty well. I mean, to keep Drew, Katori, and connect me. Simmons, who had a, I think had a pretty good trip as well. He had that sister wheel. He was the the benefactor of a um. A pass from Limblom from below the goal line for a goal. Had that great assist to Giroux in the Coyotes game. Third line is going to be JVR, I guess, Wheel and Simmons? That's what I would think. Yeah. And then Lawton on the fourth line. I mean, what do they do with Weiss? Because Weiss, as we've stated, not exactly looking entirely like Weiss so far. You think? Well, they have Avi. They're going to sit Avi Cabell. Yeah, because Avi down. Yeah, he played a total of like four minutes on this road trip. Suited up for every game. Played four four minutes. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, I thought the one thing and another thing, which this isn't just Axel. I think this is like every coach. Limbaugh's been blowing it up offensively, and he blocks a shot in the Sharks game, gets hurt. Blocks a shot in the Cody's game gets hurt. And after the block in the Sharks game, Hacks also said that he really liked Limbaugh blocking the shot. And it's like, well, do we want him blocking the shot if he's producing the majority of the offense for the team right now? Like maybe, I don't know, maybe just try and block a shot with your stick or like make sure you're not screening the goalie. Does he really need to get his body out in front of that and risk getting injured? You know? Yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> I, well, that's that's kind of an age old question at this point, right? Yeah, like, I mean, do you really want people sacrificing the body? The, the goalie over there, this guy gets paid to do one thing: stop the puck. Let him stop the puck. Yeah, just get just get out of the way and let him do it. That's my honestly. Oh, that simple. sometimes is the best strategy because one of the problems when you get down to block a shot is the odds of something crazy go up a ton. Yeah, because it could deflect off your stick, deflect off your skate. We've seen this countless times with Mr. Starfish himself, Andrew McDonald. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's it's not going to stop. They were just, I mean, watching the Penguins-Cavs game tonight, they highlighted the fact that Crosman was scored and then he became a 200-foot player because he went down the ice and got down on need to block a shot in the slot. So it's just going to be, yeah, if he's doing it, everybody else is going to start doing or everybody else is going to keep doing it. Everybody's been doing it for a while, but. Talk about the goalies and uh, Goldborn being sent down. Do we have to talk about the goalies? New, we don't really have to go in depth, but... They just make me very sad. It looks like after getting Alex Lyon and Calvin Picard Pickard on Monday, Brian Elliott should be back, I think, for the game against the Coyotes tonight. Because Goldborn was sent down and so was Lyon. And I believe they have 21 active players on the roster, so they are able to bring Elliot back, and there's some belief that Neuwirth will be back too. Neuwirth 
Okay, sure. God, man, I can't believe we. I can't believe I said he. I, I was being optimistic and said he wouldn't get hurt till Christmas. What an insane! I've said some dumb things in my life, but I want to say Norbert not getting injured for over two months has got to be, got to be up there. Has to be one of the dumbest things I've ever said in my life. Easily. Yeah, he's probably going to get hurt. He's probably going to get hurt again before the next time we record. It's insane. I don't know what's going on with that guy. I just don't understand what his body is made of, where he is just consistently, he's always just, always just hurt. I, he is, he's Mr. Glass. He's never had a glass of milk in his life. He's never eaten vegetables. He doesn't believe he's a banana. in banana. And he's lactose intolerant. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a fruit allergy. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, he doesn't care for vitamins. <laughs> uh, Tyrell Goldborn, by the way, did not play a single minute on the road trip, uh, and they damn <sighs> apparently while talking about goaltenders, I did enjoy that. I assume. See, I didn't look too much into this, but Steve or Steve Sam Carcini. Just a word of warning here. I did zero research. <laughs> Sam Carcini, hey, don't, I do a ton of research. I'll bust my balls on this one thing. <laughs> I'm kidding. Thank you. Just because Thank I'm the you. one who does zero research. <laughs> well, I was going to say, well, you'll enjoy this next thing now. That uh, Sam Carcini tweeted out that Ron Hextall said the Flyers had not talked to Steve Mason about coming back. And I just enjoyed that tweet because I would bet the finest money that was definitely Sam Carcini asking that. And nobody else oh, was interested in bringing 100%. back a former flyer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Ron, you know, it'd be neat bringing back Steve Mason. Have you talked about doing that? No. Why would I talk about doing that? That's just a lot of rumblings, you know. Just hearing people talk about Steve Mason a lot. There's a lot of people going, "What's what's with the Steve Mason guy?" Anybody hear any good word about Steve Mason? <laughs> is, do you think James Van Reems like is Cartier's favorite player because? He was a former flyer, and then he is a current flyer now. Like, do you think this? He's up there, but he's going to like him even more when Ron Hextall trades him away in two years. I was going to say, I, I feel like the JVR signing and then also just the 2013 season where they brought back New Walgani has to be, oh, and Fedotanko has to be like Carcidi's banner season. He's just smiling yeah, just and like... looking around the locker room like, yeah. All these yeah. <laughs> all these former flyers are flyers again. And he's just like, Yeah, what is uh you know, maybe uh bring back Mike Richards. Maybe that'll help the pen- help the penalty kill. I'm just say it. By the way, I don't actually I don't know if that's a bad idea. <laughs> what do you think uh what do you think Richards is doing right now? Fishing. Yeah. I mean it's pretty I guarantee you, Mike Richards is at a lake in Canada fishing. Yeah, just not, not thinking about much. I don't blame him. Not, I mean, I think not I, thinking about hockey. Yeah. I think I'd do that too. I don't really blame him. Love Richie. Clad for him. Yeah. Enjoy the fishing, buddy. Uh, but that was the the goaltending uh, news of the week. It's not good. Yeah, it's not great. I mean... And are they going to stick with this, like three-man rotation for the rest of the season? I don't know. I really don't know what's going on. I don't know it's if Stolarz really is going to get a look. Man. But I, I wonder... <laughs> I, I meant to do this, too. I was going to look to see if there were 
I don't know if there are options around the league for player like goalies that would be. They, everything before Hart is a stopgap, I guess. But there's got to be a better stopgap option than than what we have right now. I don't know. I I just wish that we could rely on Michael Neuverth in some way. Yeah. And I think that's my biggest problem. Like Elliot's a little older and I get it. Okay. He's, he's going to have times where he's great and he's going to have times where, well, he's just too damn hurt, (laughs) frankly, (laughs) but he's not Michael Neuverth who just gets hurt. And then he's hurt for God knows how long. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's a really it's really Neuvirth, yeah, that throws a, a wrench in this all. I guess I think if they had a reliable backup to Elliot, they'd be in a stronger position because then they could have a true tandem. They could alternate. It wouldn't be ideal, but it would be better uh, because the, the idea behind it, again, <clears throat> while not ideal, is is fair enough, right? You have your stopgap guys that alternate. Both are pretty. Uh, around the same level of talent. I think Neuverth has the bigger capacity to be spectacular. Elliot's a little more consistent, but ultimately you've got two guys that are better if they can work in a tandem and alternate. And well, if one guy is just going to be hurt constantly and then the other guy plays too many games in a row and is exhausted or hurt as a result, well, it's not working. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, do you have any confidence in Pickard after his last game? Oh no. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I, that I fully admit, complete illusion. They, the goaltending is. I mean, it's still obviously a problem, but I, I guess the one slight positive is they can still pull out a game like that every once in a while. But I mean, that's just really every going the late like they're not going to be a complete shit the entire year but they're gonna be pretty bad but they might be able to steal a game for you every once in a while maybe like i i'm not expecting picker to do that again probably no i'm not expecting that either i'm much more expecting like the san jose game yeah yeah the san jose game was pretty uh which was pretty rough to watch the highlights of I didn't watch the game. <laughs> As we you talked saw about enough, it. I think. I think you saw enough. Yeah, I mean the goals were not uh the goals were not pretty again. And the the power play one, I'm not even really putting on him. That just looked like he was uh Pavelski was just wide that open. And uh well, and we we've talked about all the issues with this right. this penalty. Yeah, the kill. penalty kill talking about the penalty kill and talking about getting rid of Haxtell is kind of I mean, it just all seems like it's a lost cause right now. Again, when JJ is Duncan on the penalty kill. You know, problem. Yeah. When JJ can't sugarcoat the penalty kill anymore, you know, there's a serious problem going on. Well, uh, and Jonesy, uh, it's terrible. <laughs> they could kill one of four penalties in a game. And JJ would just talk about that one penalty kill and how good it looked. So for him to come out and pretty much be like, this is a problem. It's, I feel like Lappy should be on the hot seat right now. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows? We're gonna have kids and grandchildren and then die before Axel and Perry are fired. You know what I mean? Well, you'll get that gentleman's backhander <laughs> in before before then. Again, not sexual. 
Although when I start to describe it, it sounds pretty sexual. But it's going to catch on. It's going to become a uh, big thing nationally, the gentleman's backhander. People are going to talk about it everywhere. Just the polite way to score on a breakaway. It's not too That's embarrassing. It. Yeah, not too embarrassing. Just the forward not letting like the goalie know. getting a triple deke on you. Yeah, just, you know, he's like, hey, look, I got to do this. Technically, I'm going to score a goal, but at least I'm going to be classy about it. Just giving you an FYI what's about to go down. Wow. Uh, wow. You ready to take a trip around the league? Around the league. Yeah, this is around a, the league. We need some uh, around the league music. We really do. I'll work on it. But let's uh we can make fun of some uh divisional opponents. So as we mentioned, the Penguins have lost five straight games. Malkin should be suspended, won't they? Uh and the Devils assigned Pavel Zaka, the sixth overall pick in twenty fifteen, one pick before Ivan Provorov two picks before Zakarinsky, to the AHL. Where he Smart has pick. an assist in one game so far with the Binghamton Senators. Yeah. I'm very excited to see what Sarah Baker has to say about that. Uh, Yanni Gord signed a six-year extension <laughs> with the Lightning. 5.166 million cap hit. Well, she's not uh, She's not doing hockey anymore, right? She, I think she's doing something completely different. But at a time when she was with the Devils, that was fun. Getting talked down to about how the Devils were secretly a good team last year. And they do look pretty good this year. But they did also lose 7-4 to the Senators. Or 7-3 to the Senators two days ago. So, yeah, they're definitely for real. Uh, Yanni Gord, six years extension, uh, 5.166 million cap hit. He had 64 points in 82 games last year. 16 and 15 this year. It's getting a little interesting with the Lightning because they keep signing these guys that break out for them. And now they're going to have to pay Braden Point, Cedric Paquette, Adam Ernie, our boy Danik Martell. Uh, they're all RFAs after this season. And, and and looking at someone who just got fired from a team that might have been more fired, you know, because they had uh, cap issues and had to trade away talent. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe in four years I'll write a poll question about whether or not John Cooper should come in for Dave Axtell. <laughs> <laughs> good night, good hockey. Got to leave on a high note. That was a good one. Um, but they also have uh, Strowman, Braden Coburn, Dan Girardi, Cameron Gantz are all UFAs too, which Girardi and Cameron Gantz not really anything to write home about. But that's four guys on your blue line that you need to sign. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's starting. I, I guess you could say the Lightning's window is starting to close, not because of skills, but just because you're starting. They're going to have to pay yeah, guys. They're going to have to pay all these dudes, and you're eventually going to have to trade people. Uh. Slava Voinov has applied for reinstatement into the NHL. Uh, if you forgot about <laughs> Slava Voinov, he was suspended indefinitely and served jail time for a real ugly domestic assault he had with his girlfriend, fiance at the time, back in October of 2014. Uh, I mean, every domestic assault isn't pretty, uh, but the details from this incident were pretty, pretty bad. Uh, and pretty, pretty publicly known. Uh, pretty well known. And uh, I hope he doesn't come back into the league. And also, I hope he is not a player that Dean Lombardi and Ron Hexall say, you know what? He was pretty decent out in L.A. Let's bring him in. Because that, I mean. That's a bad look. Yeah, I mean, if you're, 
I mean, you don't think the fans are happy now with a lot of what's going on. I don't, I don't think they're going behind that that move. But we'll cross that bridge if it ever comes to it, which hopefully it doesn't. Uh, Derek McKenzie out indefinitely after shoulder surgery. He has uh, one game played this season for the Panthers. Former former Florida Panthers captain, Derek McKenzie, which is a, a wonderful timeline to live in. Brandon Dubinsky activated off IR. He had two assists and four shots on goal in the three games he's had since his return. He got injured in the second game of the season. Brendan Lemieux suspended two games for an illegal hit to the head on Vincent Trocek during the Global Series, which Patrick Laine also had a hat-trick during the Global Series. Uh, Milan, we talked about Milan Lucic. Uh, Elias Pedersen, named Rookie of the Month, he had seven goals and three assists for ten points in eight games. Had a ridiculous slap shot goal against the Red Wings last night. He is on fire. And I don't know if we've talked about it, Steve, but real quick, and we'll talk about this at length in the near future. Uh, do you think the Flyers should get yelled at for not taking Patterson over Nolan Patrick? No. Okay. I not agree. even for a second. Already. Um, they I, would have been destroyed by the fan base, by the media. If they had done that at the time. Oh, oh, no, that's that's kind of my stance, too. Is, uh, yeah, they, I can't imagine how the reaction would have been if they had taken him over Patrick just because, I mean, at the time, the obvious two choices were Heischer and Patrick, and nobody even second-guessed it at the time. I mean, if you want to go based on what's happening right now, the Devils would have taken Pedersen number one. <laughs> yeah, the Devils actually... Yeah, I it's it's I I mean it's real. There are definitely some other choices where I think you could kind of question it, but or not that particular draft pick, but I'm saying like other draft picks where you could have been like, what about sure. this guy? But I mean, the 2017 draft for a while was the Nolan Patrick draft, and then he got hurt, and he dropped the second. I, I feel like if he was there, I don't know. Now you're supposed to do your own drafting and scouting and everything, but at the same time. I don't know. If somebody, if Brady Kachuk starts killing it for the Senators, I don't think anybody's going to look at the Sabres and go, why'd you draft Rosmus Dahlin? Be like, well, <laughs> it's kind of a reason why we did that. But Anyway, three stars of the month. Mika Rantman, five goals, 16 assists for 21 points in 12 games. Evgeny Malkin, six goals, 13 assists for 19 points in 10 games. Steve's favorite player. Patrick Kane, third, 11 goals, 7 assists for 18 points in 12 games. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens scored two goals in two seconds, which sets a record. Uh, Max Domi scored the game-winning goal with 22 seconds left against the Caps, and then Joel Amia scored with 20 seconds left. Speaking of the Caps, Alex Ovechkin is now eighth all-time on the power play goals list with 235. And then we're going to finish with two Devils things. The Devils signed a multi-year, oh, multi-year oh. deal with Fandle. And also, Lauren Boyle was named the new Hockey Fights Cancer Ambassador. Uh, Lauren Boyle is Brian Boyle's wife. And Brian Boyle, I believe in the first game he played during November, which is Hockey Fights Cancer Month, scored a hat-trick. So Brian Boyle pretty much has just dominated cancer over the last few months here. Uh, overcame it, and then he scored a hat-trick during can- uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Month. So, he essentially dunked on cancer. Yeah, which is a pretty, that's a pretty impressive feat, 
even though even though he's a devil, we have to congratulate Brian on his And former Ranger. And former Ranger, yeah. Oh God, but, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> he's got quite the formula. Like it's one of those things where you're like, man, that's impressive, but you do it through slightly gritted teeth as a Flyers <laughs> fan, where you're just like, you've been on every team I hate, but man, like you dunked on cancer. That's amazing. Impressive feat, but like, just go to the Panthers or something. You don't need to be on the Devils. Go out West. Yeah. Be a shark. Yeah. Go back to the Kings. The Sharks. Seriously, Sharks. <laughs> uh, that is all we have for around the league. I do want to say though, I believe we were both watching this Avs Predators game. Yes, yes. I think the Avs have now had three goals called back. It's kind of bananas. They had two, it's been at least two, but and the first one was absolutely the right call to call it back because that puck was fully over the line. Yeah, yeah. And they also had a one that was redirected and that they called back too. The, the high sticking one. So they, yeah, uh, yeah. Tough break for the Avs, but they've been doing all right. I mean, yeah, we're just, just about can't stop high sticking this year. Yeah. Getting away with uh, goal interference as we experienced out in Colorado. But, oh, I, that, that was another thing I guess we could talk about too from the Kings win. The Oscar Limblom goal looked like he may have kicked it in, but at the same time, goal stood but do you think uh kicking a puck in should be allowed this is an interesting debate and should we save it for next there time? was a, no I, okay. can, I can knock this out real quick there was a time where i firmly would have been on the absolutely not train and now i'm like why the hell not uh, yeah you're looking for goals the only downside i can think of is like a little dangerous if it really starts kicking I think that's the main reason yeah. why they're not allowed is because they're worried people are just going to start just kicking at the, the goalie constantly. Yeah. And like, eh, this isn't soccer. This isn't soccer. <laughs> I do. I think the SHL started allowing it last year or two years ago. I have to look in to see if uh, goal rates went up or anything. But I feel like for a league that's always bitching about goal scoring, uh, it's one way to kind of uh, cancel out some of that. So, I mean, instead of making that Limbaugh goal possibly not count, just chalk it up as a goal, especially considering a lot of these goals with the uh, all sides of your year coming back now because you're getting a lot closer of a look and you can pick up on a lot more details you weren't able to before. Some of those goals are coming back. I think allowing kick, goals that are kicked in would kind of cancel out the loss you got there. But I think, I think I'm for it. It's not exactly like kicking the puck in is going to make it a, a lot easier. Right. It's kind of still pretty hard to do. So. And it's not like guys are going to be really just going out of their way to kick the puck. Yeah, in. some guys not going to score 11 goals in the season and kick all of them in. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> It's like a uh, sticks or tangled up you just kind of kick one in in the crease or something. That's my stamp. That's my two cents. Voice. That's your voice take. of reason, yeah. Voice of reason. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, voice of reason, sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, what's up, Hot Shot? You got something to say? Oh, take your 80 stings and go home. <laughs> anyway, we do thank you for listening. If you have any feedback, the best place is on Twitter. You can follow Craig at Sports Are Bad.
I got nothing to add. This I'm not. Uh, I already put out my one article this week, and then uh, I'm gonna have a return flight on Saturday for the Hawks game. I think I'm gonna talk about the pronger goal with 3.2 seconds left. Just talk about the puck being stolen and call it a day. <laughs> I could do that. I already mainly I talked about that a lot in another return flight, though. I already talked a lot about pronger, so keep doing it. Yeah, I think people just want to read about pronger. Let's talk about Ryan Parent. But let's not ever talk about Ryan Parent. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. That's that's gonna be a hard pass. You can follow me at either Flight Purpley or Estee Bomb. But if you want to talk hockey, make it Flight Purpley. All right. Yep. Okay. All right. No, all right. All right. Uh, follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Like Broad Street Hockey on the Facebook if that's your thing. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. But Folks, thank you for listening, and until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.